having several conversations over the past few weeks, I became aware of something I didn't realize was so prominent among the people that I work with, hypothyroidism. This isn't something that I personally struggle with, but I wanted to learn more about it. And the more I learned about it, the more I discovered how well documented it is that there's a direct correlation between shift workers and low thyroid issues, particularly among firefighters and nurses. In today's episode, I'm going to talk about what hypothyroidism is, how it affects us as firefighters, and I'll provide some strategies on how we can combat it and not let it rule our lives. You are a firefighter and an EMS professional. You are a part of a worldwide brotherhood of dedicated servants and you put your life on the line every day for others. Because of that, you deserve better. We are often our own worst enemies and it's time to own it. Let's work to improve and change the status quo. That change starts with us, right here, right now. In every situation we're faced with, as we see a need, we own it and we act. Be the ideal firefighter you would want in your crew. Be ignited. Hey everyone, my name is Ryan Rodriguez and I'm the founder of Ignited and your host for the Ignited Firefighter Podcast. The Ignited Movement is a brotherhood of firefighters who challenge the status quo through a forum dedicated to self-improvement and accountability. In each of these episodes, we discuss a myriad of different things challenging the fire service today, from leadership and tactics to how to improve ourselves physically as well as mentally. We aim to civilize the mind but make savage the body. And even though the focus is on the fire service, Topics and principles we discuss can be applied by professionals everywhere. That being said, let's light the spark. I know I've had several episodes focused on weight loss recently, but it's really important for us as firefighters and human beings in general to be fit and healthy. This isn't going to be the last episode I do on weight loss, so FYI, get used to it because it's a big part of our culture as firefighters and our responsibility to remain fit and healthy. But if you have some unique hurdles that make that process of losing weight that much more difficult, then you'll need some added weapons in your arsenal. So later on in this episode, I'm going to arm you with some strategies that you can implement in order to fight past those blockades and get you to living the happy and healthy life that you deserve. So let's start out by identifying what hypothyroidism is. The prefix Hypo means not enough, and the prefix hyper means too much. So, if you have hyperthyroidism, then your body produces too much thyroid hormone. If you have hypothyroidism, then your body produces too little thyroid hormone. Hypothyroidism is a condition in which the thyroid gland located just in front of your trachea doesn't produce enough thyroid hormone for your body to function properly. So, what does thyroid hormone do? Well, it's kind of a big deal. It mainly regulates your metabolism. But just think about all the elements that are affected by that. Your digestive function, your muscle control, brain development, your mood, and your bone maintenance. Its correct function depends on having a good supply of iodine from your diet. And most adults need about 150 micrograms a day, whereas pregnant women need close to double that due to proper development of the fetus. There are foods like iodized salt, 
that make it pretty clear that it's a good source of iodine. But what about other foods? What about things that you can just incorporate into your diet naturally? Let's run through a list of everyday foods that are rich in iodine. Fish, such as cod and tuna, are great sources. Uh, seaweed, shrimp, other seafood, they're generally rich in iodine. Dairy products like milk, yogurt, and cheese, and products made from grains like breads and cereals, which are the major sources of iodine in American diets. Fruits and veggies are always a good source, but there's something interesting that I read in that the amount depends on the iodine in the soil where they grew and in any fertilizer that was used. Interesting, right? So granted, there's no surefire way to identify how much iodine was in the soil it grew in, but it's still an interesting factoid that I thought I'd share. You're not going to go to a restaurant and be the asshole that asks the waiter, how rich in iodine was the soil that these veggies were grown in? Like you'd get thrown out or you'd get made fun of immediately. Um, anyway, like I mentioned, iodized salt, which is readily available in the United States and many other countries, is an incredible source of iodine. But keep in mind that processed foods like canned soups uh, almost never contain iodized salt. So as always, like I, like I mentioned in previous episodes, make sure that you talk to your doctor to see if you're low on iodine or thyroid hormone and go from there. Make adjustments as needed. Some of the indicators of hypothyroidism are fatigue, depression, weight gain, low libido, and hair loss. And I know that a lot of these things can be attributed to just getting older, <laughs> but if you can get a handle on the things that are causing you to rocket toward aging, why not take the reins and, and take control of what you can, right? And it's like, is that an effect of just getting older or is it an effect of our thyroid production decreasing, right? Which makes us age quicker, really. What this does, like the idea of taking control makes me think of the, the spheres of control. And these are the things that you have total control over, some control over, and no control over. So let's take a few minutes and go over the elements that make up each of these spheres so that you can get in the right headspace to identify what the things are that you can and can't control. So your actions, your mindset, and effort are all things that you have total control over. To deny this is to shirk accountability and responsibility for your actions. You have some control over things like your schedule, anticipating your daily challenges, your home and work environment, and your support team. Ultimately, you do have control over these things, but they typically come at a greater cost and could disrupt your life in sometimes seriously negative ways. Moving on to the things you have no control over. You have no control over things like other people's thoughts and actions, the weather, your shoe size, your genetic makeup, things like that. So it's kind of a waste of time, or it is a waste of time, to, to obsess about those things as if you have some ability to change them. Once you accept the things that you can't change and understand that you can take an active role in the things that you can, you have a direct pathway to affecting positive change in your life, mentally and physically. One thing I always tell my clients is that the body follows the mind. Henry Ford once said, if you think you can or you think you can't, you're right. The words I can't 
are blasphemous when I'm training a client. For example, if a client is trying to perform a bench press and is unable to lift the weight on their own, and they tell me that I can't or they can't, I remind them that they can, they just might need a little help or they might need to go down and wait. They can still perform what it is that I'm requiring of them. They just need to make some small adjustments to do so. Or they might need to ask for help, right? Which is where the spotter comes in. The same goes for our way of thinking. When tackling an issue like hypothyroidism, your body might not be physically able to produce the proper amount of thyroid hormone, but that doesn't mean that all hope is lost. It's not like, well, that's just it now. My life is over. It just means that you may need to make some adjustments to accomplish the task before you. In my research and in applying the methodology that I personally apply to any challenge, I've come up with the following strategies in order to help battle hypothyroidism. So let's start at the beginning. Step one, address your mindset. Have you thought about the elements of your situation that are within your span of control? I'm a big time list maker. I make lists for everything from taking a trip to Target to taking a trip across the country. Even if the list lasts just long enough for me to get the thoughts out of my head, then that list has served its purpose. Sit down with a pen and paper and make three columns, each with the words total control, some control, and no control at the top. Then start writing down the different things that make up your current situation and put them in their respective categories. If you've been diagnosed with hypothyroidism, then that would go in the no control category. But that doesn't mean that you don't have control in things like how you eat and how you can introduce more iodine into your diet. Again, if you're officially diagnosed with hypothyroidism, then it's crucial that you stay in contact with your primary care doctor so you can tackle this thing together. Talking about diet brings me right into the next step. Step two, tweak your diet. The way you eat can improve your health and make the issue of hypothyroidism easier to manage. You want to make the most out of every meal and stay away from fatty foods that are full of carbs that your body won't be able to turn into energy and will just wind up storing as fat. Ideally, you should stick to a Mediterranean-style diet. Load up on rich veggies, fruit, whole grains, lean proteins, healthy fats like olive oil and the oils you'll get from eating different kinds of nuts. Avoid sugar and saturated fats. Avoid them like the plague. Eating this way can help to improve your energy and can put you on the right track toward a healthy and less energy-draining weight. Steer clear of alternative thyroid medications that are often labeled as natural thyroid preparations. These so-called alternatives tend to contain the wrong amount of hormones from sources that aren't proven to be safe, and they can cause some serious side effects like heart issues and anxiety. So avoid those. Following the lines of giving your body what it needs, let's talk about step three. Get enough sleep. Typically, being subject to hypothyroidism makes you feel run down, but if you aren't getting enough sleep, and especially if the sleep you're getting isn't quality, then you're getting more and more set up for a cycle of low energy. It's like a self-fulfilling prophecy, right? You feel tired, you can't sleep, which just makes you feel more tired. <laughs> it just goes round and round. The goal is eight hours of sleep every night. And that's actual sleep, not just time spent in bed. 
Now, I know as firefighters, we don't always get quality sleep at work because A, our mind is always on alert while on duty, whether or not we're actively running calls, and B, our sleep on duty is dictated by call volume, right? If we have calls all night, then that's just how it goes. This is why it's so crucial that you do what's right by your body and get the sleep that you need on your off-duty days. As you practice getting into a more regimented sleep schedule, your body will follow suit and it'll be easier to fall asleep. Try to keep things dark and cool wherever you are trying to catch your Z's. I also incorporate like a wind down routine about 30 minutes before bed. And during this time, I do things that help me relax. I'll get a shower. I brush my teeth. I read for about 10 to 15 minutes and I have a face wash regimen that I do as well. All of this helps me get into the mental space to shrug off the day and get ready to stop thinking about all the needless things that would otherwise flood my mind and keep me from sleeping. One thing that helps me to always get a good night's sleep is daily exercise of some kind, which brings me to step four, get moving. Exercise can help with many of the side effects of hypothyroidism, including bad mood, low energy, and weight gain. When you exercise, you release endorphins, endorphins make you feel better. It's science, right? And the more that you can improve your mood, the more likely you'll want to keep doing it, and as a result, you'll set yourself up on a path to losing weight, as well as improving your quality of sleep. Exercise has incredible benefits to the human body, including building up your immune system. Just like a sword cannot fulfill its purpose without being grinded against a sharpening stone, our bodies cannot live to their full potential without being challenged. As we exercise, we build muscle. Probably the most biologically energy-effective organic tissue on the face of the planet. And the more you have of it, guess what? The better you'll be at using energy and building up your body to fight off what would otherwise decimate you. Keep in mind that this isn't an all or nothing mentality. This isn't like the land of extremes. You don't need to be the size of Arnold to be effective. It's all about balance. Rather than dive into some hugely overwhelming bodybuilding regimen, you can always start small. Build those atomic habits that will do nothing but add to the things that you may already be doing. Do things like park far away so you have to do more walking. Take the stairs when they're there. Don't shy away from those things that would require you to exert physical energy. The more you demand your body to use and replace energy, the better at it it will be. Remember, something is better than nothing, even if it's like 10 minutes a day. That winds up being 70 minutes a week, 60 hours a year. If you think of the 1% rule, which is just doing like 1% more than you would normally do every day, just doing 1% more than the day before, you could potentially increase your activity by 30% in one month. Again, I personally don't struggle with hypothyroidism, but that doesn't mean that I shouldn't learn more about it. Knowledge is power, right? After all, I'm a resource for the health and wellness of the members of my organization, so what good would I be to them if I didn't understand the inherent challenges that they may be facing due to this ailment? As you go throughout this week, keep your radar up and running and pay attention to those things that the people around you are talking about. Maybe you'll be able to offer some help or insight based on your perspective and knowledge. 
maybe those around you will be able to help offer some help or insight to you. We're all in this thing together, and the more we can keep our ears, hearts, and minds open to the things that are affecting our brothers and sisters, the closer we get to becoming that firefighter we would want on our crew. As always, guys, thank you so much for listening to the Ignited Firefighter Podcast. Please subscribe and share. As we delve deeper into these topics, we can come together and help each other learn and grow. You can always find me on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at IgnitedFF. Please feel free to shoot me a message. I'm building this community for us. And one way you can become more directly involved is to join the Ignited Firefighter Podcast community on Facebook. This is where firefighters and EMS professionals can come together and dive deeper into the topics discussed on the show. We're brothers and sisters, and we need to do what we can to rebuild the brotherhood that attracted us to the profession in the first place. The only way this is going to happen is through open and honest communication. As we openly talk about things and ask tough questions, we give our brothers and sisters power to do the same. Thanks again for listening, and until next time, if you see a need, own it and take action. Be the ideal firefighter you would want on your crew. Be ignited.